Well, good afternoon, and let me uh, extend my greetings and say thank you for being here to share in this luncheon and also uh, the many good things that are happening uh, at Southeastern Seminary. Uh, you know, last year, in God's good grace, uh, the first vice president, Walter Strickland, uh, and the second vice president, Jose Abea, both graduates of Southeastern, uh, moved into that uh, very uh, strategic and important position to come alongside Steve Gaines and uh, assist him and help him uh, as he led us this last year. Uh, but who wants to aspire only for a second VP and a first VP? That's, that's not where our goal is. People often ask me, what is the goal of Southeastern Seminary? And I say, it's very easy, world domination. And this year, we took another giant leap in that direction with the election of J.D. Greer as president of the Southern Baptist Convention. I uh, love this brother, so very grateful for him, his wife Veronica, their children, the incredible relationship that Summit has with Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and again, uh, a two-time graduate uh, from our school, as well as a product of our 2 plus 2 mission program. And so in God's good providence, uh, we'd already had it scheduled, but would you welcome to our platform at this time the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, Dr. J.D. Greer. Well, last time I did this a couple of years ago, it was a little bit more awkward because I had just withdrawn from the presidency, so I feel a little bit better uh, this time around. And I've been told I need to keep my re uh, remarks very brief uh, because Danny has arranged for the vice president to come in and take 45 minutes uh, at the end of this lunch, so I've got to do that real quick. <laughs> Uh, I had the privilege of sitting here at Danny's table and got to know his uh, sister, uh, Joy, who's actually walking in right here. And I said, uh, I said, you know, at what age did Danny start showing like leadership ability and spiritual, you know, kind of promise? And she said, well, how old is he now? 63? She said, I think 65 is the, 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 the age that he was going to do that. Um, I am uh, very, very grateful to be um, a, a graduate of this seminary, like Danny mentioned, not just once, uh, but twice, and I feel like there are um, some things that God gave to me through my experience at Southeastern that um, really are just the foundation on which the ministry that God has given me at the Summit Church, uh, as well as now um, in the um, Southern Baptist Convention, are, are really built. Um, I, yesterday, uh, I had this moment of, uh, you know, after they announced the winner, I, I was like, we did it. Now what? <laughs> now, and, but then I, you know, I kind of thought about it for a minute, and I knew exactly what, you know, it's, it's basically we exist for the purpose of the Great Commission. I mean, that's uh, God saved us, and he loved us. I don't mean we're just utilitarian in his view. He, he loves us, and that's why he died for us, but he also blessed us to be a blessing. And um, what Southeastern gave to me was the understanding that gospel doctrine should never, ever be separated from gospel mission. And that if there is no going in your believing, then it's not actually believing. Because um, Jesus, you know, all those times that he um, was called, uh, identified in the Gospel of John, he was identified as the one who was sent. Um, we end every one of our services now um, at the Summit Church with the phrase, you are sent. And that is something that um, I learned from Southeastern. Now, um, they hadn't yet adopted when I was there the, the little phrase, you know, every classroom, a Great Commission classroom or those sort of thing, or the I am going kind of cool uh, little, you know, deal there. But... Um, 
um, it was just still, it was just the idea was that you were, um, you were saved in order to be sent and that if you weren't sent, then you weren't really yet functioning as a disciple. Um, one of the things that God has put on my heart um, for our convention now, and I said this a couple days ago, if you were um, there at the pastor's conference, is that um, God has, by his grace, given this convention. He's given us good gospel doctrine. Um, it is uh, conservative. Uh, if you want to use that, you know, it's conservative. We believe in the inerrancy of the Bible, the exclusivity of Christ. Um, those things have not changed, and Southeastern has stood unwaveringly on, um, on those historic truths. It's, uh, we don't ever anticipate it changing um, because it is the faith that is given once for all to the saints. Um, it is uh, taught me good gospel mission, which I've already talked about, but um, what it also exemplified there through, um, really through the faculty and staff, um, many of whom uh, you'll never really know their names unless you have gone through the school yourself, um, but, but um, through the faculty and staff, that, that gospel culture has to match gospel doctrine and gospel mission. And that without gospel culture, the gospel we believe has no validity in those to whom we are preaching it. Um, and so whether it's just walking with Danny as uh, President Aiken, whether it's walking with um, President Aiken just as, as he has helped me through just the last several months, uh, I've never had a better counselor um, and a friend. Uh, Veronica, my wife here, would say the same thing, who just said, listen, you've got to, um, you've got to do this in Jesus's way. And there's a, there's a way that you can get down here and you can fight this and you can probably win it down there, but that's just not what God has called us to. God has called us to be his um, emissaries and um, we have to represent him in our attitude and how we conduct things and not just in what we say. And so in those moments where I could feel the phone coming out and the thumb starting to go uh, to uh, respond, um, and, uh, you know, whenever you tweet something and you feel good about it, that means you shouldn't have done it. Um, so um, right before... I hit send. I'd be like, Danny, what do you think about this? And Danny would say, I just keep that one to yourself and send that to me. James Merritt will laugh about it and then we'll just put it aside. So um, he's done that. So gospel culture and then also gospel unity. Um, I, I understand that God, I have to say this now as president, uh, Danny, God has given us great six wonderful Southern Baptist seminaries. Okay. They're all great. All right. Um, but, but I can say this as a Southeastern <laughs> alumnus, um, you know, um, is there any seminary that you, that you and I know of? Is there any um, organization in the Southern Baptist Convention that better exemplifies what gospel unity looks like more than Southeastern Seminary? I mean, we are a seminary that is known for being big on gospel. And we also hold the other, you know, doctrines and the other things that we teach and the, and the variants um, we hold that with the, the, the looseness that we, that we need to hold it with. Um, it, you know, at Southeastern, it is, it is the gospel doctrine that is forefront, and we're not going to find our unity in stylistic um, uniformity. We're not going to find it in cultural uniformity or political uniformity. If you're paying attention, and I know this is not about, about Danny, but um, if you're paying attention when these conversations are coming up, whether they're about, um, about what, the, you know, what a complementarian uh, view, how we can we honor and, and esteem um, uh, ladies in the body, of Christ, if we're talking about um, what real diversity looks like and, and empowering um, uh, leadership so that it, it looks more like heaven and looks more like the communities we're a part of, um, if you're, you're talking about you know, questions about Calvinism and Arminianism, if you're, you're looking at really what the right posture is to take toward politics, what you're going to find exemplified in Southeastern Seminary as um, led by and exemplified in our, our, our president, Danny, is you're going to find um, a gospel unity that majors on the majors and, and minors on the minor. Um, and so it's created a very healthy culture and um, a culture that doesn't, I mean, you know, it's, we're sinful people. And sometimes um, with sinful people, we have things um, in one another that disappoint us. 
Um, and so it's not without its, its faults, I get that, but what you find is that when those faults are revealed, it's able to keep going. And that is because of the community that God has given and the people that believe the gospel. Um, you know, what you find is that people everywhere are sinful and leaders everywhere are going to mess up, but the sign that you are um, in a healthy gospel culture is not that you never mess up, but that you're able to, to, to um, you know, the righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up again, right? Proverbs twenty four eighteen. you don't show your righteousness by never falling because the righteous man is a guy that, I mean, I often tell our congregation, what's it look like to follow a guy who falls seven times? I mean, the first time he stumbles and trips, you're like, oh, yeah, that was kind of funny. Second time he does it, you pull out your phone and start to video it. If he falls a third or fourth time, you feel bad because, like, the guy just keeps falling. He's got a problem, you know? Um, I, seven in, in the Bible is the number of completion. And so you got a guy that just fall. It's just it's a statement about the fact that we're sinners, and even the most righteous among us are going to fall, right? So don't put your trust in, in, in an institution that never has any issues or problems, but the righteous man falls seven times, Proverbs says, but he gets back up again every single time. In other words, you show your righteousness not by never falling, but by what you do when you fall. It is when you have a healthy gospel culture that you look up and you forgive and you bear one another's burdens and you consider yourself lest you also be tempted and you put your arms around each other and you say, hey, we're walking through this together and I know it's painful, but, um, but we're both looking to Jesus. And so I'll say all that to say um, that is the, the spirit that is exemplified at Southeastern Seminary through its leadership, through its, its graduates. Um, I think uh, unofficially, I think it's one of the healthiest institutions that we have here in the Southern Baptist Convention. And I tell people, with pride. Um, uh, not all of my alma maters, or however you say that plural, um, alma mater, I, 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 however uh, you say it, and I'm a PhD of your institution. <laughs> um, so <laughs> not all of them do I put a smile on my face and say, I'm a graduate of so-and-so, but every time I tell somebody I am a student of Southeastern, graduate of Southeastern Seminary, and I have the privilege of being back there on campus, I feel a sense of godly pride, not simple pride, but godly pride because of the legacy of faithfulness that God has given this institution. So I'm looking forward to the next two years by God's grace, faithful as he who called us who also will do it, and uh, looking forward to continue to have a great relationship with this institution and what you're doing for the kingdom of God. So thanks for letting me be counted among your number. Danny. I'm impressed that J.D. can jump both up here and down there. Those days are long gone for me. About 30 years ago, it's actually pretty doggone accurate. And I'm not 63, I'm 61. Don't push me further than I need to go. Uh, first of all, I want to greet some folks that are here uh, that I think deserve recognition because it's unusual that we would have uh, a number of trustees here with us, but we have at least uh, two trustees here, uh, maybe three, but this, I know the Dales are over here. And also, where's Becky? Becky, please stand up. Becky Gardner uh, is here with her husband. She is the chairwoman of the Board of Trustees at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the first woman in the history of the SBC. to be the chairman, chairperson, chairwoman of any of our agencies. And Becky, we're so thankful for you. She's been a wonderful encouragement to me and our staff for several years, having served already. She's also uh, uh, nearing completion of her EDD, 
uh, at Southeastern Seminary as well. And so I, it was not my initiative. Uh, the trustees are responsible to find their chairman. But when they came to me and said, we're thinking about this, I thought, what a great, great idea and what an appropriate person to be the first woman to occupy a position uh, like that. So very thankful for the Dales, very thankful for the Gardeners. Are there any other trustees here that I've uh, missed? I know there's several former trustees. Yes, Marty and his sweet wife, Laura, there. Now, he's just about to end his term at the end of this convention, but has just served two years as also chairman, and I could not have had a better friend uh, and a better chairman than, than Marty Jackman. And so, Marty, I love you, and so very grateful for your service over the last couple of years. When I had been at Southeastern for just a few years, I uh, received a phone call one day from uh, Will Graham. Will Graham is the grandson of Billy Graham. And he said, uh, Dr. Aiken, would you like to meet my granddaddy? And I said, let me pray about that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I did not pray about it. There's some things you don't need to pray about. And meeting Billy Graham is one of those things. And so a couple of weeks later, uh, the Lord worked it out for Charlotte and uh, for me to go up and meet uh, Dr. Graham, and it was wonderful in every way. We had almost two hours with him in his home there in his living room. Uh, he was as kind and gracious and loving as you could ever want anyone to be, uh, and it was a great visit except for the very beginning because they brought him in uh, to the living room. We were sitting there, and they brought him in uh, in a wheelchair. And uh, I had no reason to suspect that he knew me, and so I got up, and I went over, and I extended my hand, and I said, Dr. Graham, uh, my name is Danny Aiken, and I serve as the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary there in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I know who you are. You're the president of that seminary that turned its back on me when I was on your campus. Now, I was taken back and I quickly said to Dr. Graham, uh, stumbling with my words, but, but Dr. Graham, you, you, you've never been on our campus since I arrived there. And Dr. Graham said, oh, I'm not talking about since you became the president. I'm talking about back in 1988 when I preached the inauguration of Lewis Drummond. When we left the main administration building to walk to the chapel, the students had lined the sidewalk. And as we walked toward the chapel, one by one by one, they turned their backs on us. Then he said, in the service itself, uh, when I was introduced to speak, the congregation was so kind and gracious, and they, they applauded, in fact, even stood. Everybody, in fact, in the auditorium stood except your faculty that sat in the choir loft with their arms folded. And he said, uh, Danny, I have preached all over the world, but the only time I've ever had anyone turn their back on me was on the campus of a Baptist seminary. And I looked at Dr. Graham and I said, well, Dr. Graham, um, our school's not like that anymore. Uh, we believe the Bible we believe the gospel that you preach. We believe the nations need to know about Jesus. And he said, I know your school's not like that anymore, and not a day goes by 
that I do not praise God for the incredible transformation that has taken place at Southeastern Seminary. And brothers and sisters, we have indeed gotten right our theology. But in recent days, I think we have been painfully reminded that maybe our practice has not always matched up as well with our theology. And it's one thing to believe something, but it's something altogether different to live it out. And over the last month, and I'll be very honest and, and kind of transparent with you all this, uh, this afternoon, I have been at Southeastern now. I'm in my 15th year. The last month has, without any question, been the most difficult. Uh, it's been the most painful, the most heartbreaking to me, uh, as we have had to deal with a situation that unfortunately is all too, too pub public. But at the same time, I do believe that we're going to come out on the other end a better, stronger, more Christ-like seminary, because I think we're going to come out recognizing that uh, we haven't always been as sensitive to gender issues as we should have been. We haven't always listened to the voice of women as well as we should. We haven't always provided a really safe place where someone that has been abused, harassed, mistreated, would absolutely feel comfortable in coming to the leadership of this school and sharing their heart and sharing their experience and not be fearful that they would be turned into something that they're not, that they would be treated almost themselves as the abuser and rather than the victim. It's also caused me, myself, to reflect upon some of the things I may say and some of the things I may do that, though unintentional, because I am a very playful individual, but in actuality, it could be very painful and very hurtful uh, to someone because of my insensitivities. And, and brothers, let's just speak freely for a moment. We can be really tone deaf. We really can. And we can say things in a kind of flippant matter, manner that doesn't really mean all that much to us, but can be very deeply hurtful uh, to our sisters in Christ. And so I want to be very clear, and I think you know this, uh, Southeastern is committed to a complementarian ethic, but as I like to say, I'm trying to cultivate at our school a kinder, gentler complementarianism, not an arrogant, hierarchical, patriarchal kind of complementarianism. And I want our school to be a place where, in particular, uh, our ladies, uh, our female students, know that they are welcomed, know that they can pursue any degree program that is offered on our campus, but to also know that they will be loved, honored, and protected. And you know, there's a sense in which I find it uh, embarrassing that we even need to raise this issue. Why, we, why would we not have been treating them like this all along? 
I mean, what was happening that we were not being as sensitive to our sisters in Christ as we know now in our hearts and is being painfully revealed to us? I, I do agree with Al Mohler. Uh, I do believe the wrath of God has come upon Southern Baptists because we have become arrogant. We become puffed up. We have thought more highly of ourselves than we ought. And I think Al was right. He said the moderates uh, did what we said they would do, that they would track further and further and further to the theological left, and they certainly have. But they also said to us, you guys have a tendency to be very prideful and to think what you've done uh, is because of who you are. And I can remember several years ago, a very well-known pastor that I hold in very high regard saying, uh, among a group of Baptist leaders, if there's anything that God hates, God hates pride. And if you puff yourself up, he will, in his time and in his way, take you down. In recent days, Frank Page, Christian George, David Seals, Alvin Reed. These men have fallen, very high profile, very well known, unbelievable impact being made for the cause of Christ. And I can only say is... I hope that you would say of yourself, my heart has been crushed and broken. But it's also caused me to be introspective and to recognize that save for the grace of God, that could have been me. And no one of us is above falling. And so it's a call for all of us to do some soul searching. It's a call for all of us to carefully evaluate our own hearts and I believe it is a call from God for Southern Baptists, and in particular, and God has been good. God has been so good to Southeastern Seminary, but I believe it's a call from God for us to make sure we walk humbly before our Lord, because any good thing that he is doing here, it is a result of his goodness and his grace and not our intellect and not our ability. And so my prayer for our school as we move forward in the next 5 to 10, 15 years, is that we will not lose focus of who we are theologically as a conservative, evangelical, Bible-believing school. We'll not lose sight of who we are as a Great Commission seminary. I think we've got the right mission and the right vision, but I'm also praying that we will do what we do with a humility that exemplifies the heart and the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we will do so in such a way that the world will not be scoffing and laughing and mocking us, but they will stand back in amazement and say, look at how they care and love one another. And so I'm very thankful for where we are today, but I also know where I believe God wants us to go, and I'm absolutely convinced we will get there on our knees. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you are doing at Southeastern and what you have done in the past. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that in your good providence you have raised up J.D. Greer for a very important and strategic time 
in our convention. Lord, I can really see your hand moving. I absolutely can. I can see why uh, two years ago it was the right thing for J.D. to step back and for Steve to step forward. And now at this very uh, propitious moment, very significant moment and very strategic moment, I believe that we need the leadership skills of J.D. as we move forward and try to navigate some very difficult and, and rough waters that are currently what Southern Baptists are trying to move through. But, Lord, it is through the rough waters that we look up and we look to you. And it is through the difficult times that we recognize our own shortcomings and limitations and inabilities. And so, Lord, it is my prayer that out of all of this, we indeed will come out on the other side uh, stronger, not in our own strength, but stronger in you. And that we would, Lord, come out on the other side more humble, more thankful, more loving, more like Jesus in everything that we say and in everything that we do. Help us, Lord, not only to be a great commission seminary, help us, Lord, to be a Jesus seminary, that people will recognize there's something different about what is taking place there because Jesus is so loved, honored, adored, and worshiped. And, Lord, we would ask that you would do this for your great glory and our good, praying it in Jesus' name. Amen.